Good evening. And now, the Inspirational Quarterly. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Inspirational Quarterly. Uh, I am here with uh, Davey Reardon. Hi, Davey. Hi, Carol. And I am Kara Ellison, and we are reading StarCraft Co- Ghost Colon Nova. Is that is mm-hmm. it only one colon or is two it colons. two colon? It's two, StarCraft Colon Ghost Colon Nova. Um, must forget the colons. Um, last time we uh, got to uh, discussing the old families in StarCraft and surprise parties and how the mm-hmm. old families really love their surprise parties for some reason. And in fact, we posited that Constantino Terra is himself a full-time birthday party organizer for yeah. old families. What with how many of them there are being thrown by the old families constantly, which we we don't have an exact number on it, but we suspect to be a tremendous number of birthday parties being thrown all the time. Yeah, huge amount of of of, of status. Uh, defining birthday parties we we ascertained um we also kind of went into the um you know uh ways in which the sexual politics of old families uh Mm -hmm. plays out uh normally with uh you know a little side action going on Mm -hmm. um and we also kind of we 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 basically found our new favorite main character uh (laughs) The protagonist of Starcraft. The protagonist of Starcraft goes Nova, who's not in fact Nova, but a man called Handy Anderson, <laughs> who is now our favorite character of all time. So that'll uh, be good. And we'll and we'll certainly be making uh guest appearances on the inspirational quarterly, I have to believe. Oh my goodness. We are going to date we are definitely gonna be pretty handy. Did Anderson. you say I thought you were gonna say we're gonna date Handy Anderson and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to date Handy Anderson. You'd have to introduce him to all of your girlfriends. Be like, hey, so this is uh Mr. Anderson. And they're like, oh, what's his first name? <laughs> and you're like, uh, Handy. <laughs> oh no. So I would not do that. I would just call him, you know, you know, Jack or something. Just call him just call him Hands. Hands, hands, a hands, hands, hands free, hands, hands, hands the man, hands, hands the man, hand, yeah, hands, anything but handy, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, there is actually there's a guy who got famous in the UK for a while t- doing DIY, and his name, his nickname was Handy Andy. So, oh, uh, okay. I wonder if they're related. What Andy. I like about Handy Anderson, though, is that it doesn't sound like it's a, um, a like a portmanteau of anything. It just literally sounds like a weird name. Yeah, you know what I like, mean. Like yeah. it's not. There's no like in like gag in there about anything. It's literally just like no, you just have a fucked up sounding name, basically. Yeah, but what's really interesting is because he, you know, he's like the head of the news organization in this universe. Like I keep trying to like transplant him onto Jay Jonah. And like just being right. like he's from Spider Man, but he's not. And like Daytona doesn't really have that bizarre of a name. I just keep trying to like transplant him into that kind of personality where he's like really shirty all the time with everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, a little yeah. odd. Anyway, 
I think it's your turn turn to read, right? Let me uh let me let me go through and uh, read some of this book. We are on page fourteen right now. Um, and uh, just to um, just to sort of step back, we uh, Constantino is um, aware that that uh, the aliens war is being fought against two alien species gasp Um, in the face of all of this Constantino threw a party. It was after all his daughter's birthday and he was damned if he'd let Mengsk or alien scum distract him from that. Birthday party is very important. Birthday party is very, very important. Very, very important. (laughs) Well, and that's, you know, the the old families, that's, this is part of the old family's obsession with it, right? Like, I like to imagine that there's been like generations and generations of like global strife going on that the old families have been using birthday parties to sort of distract themselves from perpetually, you know? Yeah. Uh, Or maybe it's just like a distraction from like, you know, heat death of the universe, etc. Like maybe they're just mm -hmm. feeling a little bit of the pressure. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we didn't bring this up before, but I on on reflection I find it funny that constant that 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 Constantino and Terra's uh Nova's last name is Terra, which uh is not only of course the word for earth, but also the Terran species in StarCraft. Like there really is a massive no lack of imagination going there- on. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 call it a uh, stated emphasis to remind us that these are the same people. In well, case I... you didn't, in case you didn't remember that the ghost unit is a part of the Terrans, you know. Well, I mean, maybe it's just like a you know repetition of, uh, maybe it's just a reminder uh, that these people are supposed to be humanoid. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think yes. that's probably what they're trying to do, but yeah, it's a little yeah, lazy, yeah. I would say. It's okay. It's okay. <clears throat> We've uh, uh, there. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot going on in this world building. So let's <clears throat> you know let's let's allow our our uh, uh, our world building a couple of of gimmies here and there for sure. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Page fourteen. Here we go. <clears throat> Nova was becoming a woman. This is her fifteenth birthday. This is Nova's 15th birthday. She's turning 15. Mm -hmm. Nova was becoming a woman. According to the girl's nurse, she had started what the nurse insisted on calling quote, her monthly time. As if Constantino wasn't familiar with the female anatomy and its functions. Okay, hang on. So before I continue (laughs) the sentence... Wow. Okay. Wow. We we are we aren't two sentences into this episode, and I feel like we have enough to talk about already for for a while. Her monthly time. That's not a. That's not a euphemism. That's just what it is. That's more of a statement than calling it her period. That's. Yeah, you, like, how, like how is like as if Constantino wasn't familiar with the female anatomy and its functions? Like, what else would you have called it? There's no other word. There isn't like you know, you'd literally have to be like, you'd literally have to explain the whole. We have to start from the beginning about how the body works every time you say this to Constantino. Like, what is what would she even call it? <laughs> I mean, I'm 
trying to think of like a suitable Starcraft oriented like euphemism for having a period. <laughs> like, you know, the Zerglings are in or whatever. I don't know. But she's she's like, getting her monthly Zerg rush. She's getting the Zerg rush right now to come back later. <laughs> oh my her god. Starport, her starport has has come online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The dropship has arrived. <laughs> oh my god, this in, is so good. In terms, in terms that a manly man like Constantino would understand. Yeah. Her parts are at war with herself currently. Can you come back later? <laughs> Constantino only understands things in terms of war being waged on multiple fronts. (laughs) These more Vespane gas, you know, (laughs) I don't know. But it's it's like, I just feel like if it's like supposed to be described in terms of StarCraft resources, it would just be very funny. But yeah, but I don't know. Um, I think what's being said here is that the nurse is is uh insisting on a kind of decorum that constantino doesn't need right like he she she is basically saying her monthly time which implies some kind of shame is still in place in starcraft which doesn't make sense to me because i don't know like you saw you know for hoban's um kind of um you know he's a star uh-huh. starship troopers and he's all about mm-hmm. you know men and women being very practical and and pragmatic Mm -hmm. and and functional and it seems to me like the starcraft universe probably wouldn't have all these airs and graces around male and female anatomy well well and then we go back to and then we go back to the the jigs right that we talked about before and like constantino inseminating his wife literally via injection like you know what i mean like how fucking delicate are these people that, that, you know what I mean? That like, they can't, these are literal, they're literally waging war against two alien species at the same time. Right. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if this is like, I wonder if this is the author themselves kind of getting a little bit in the way of <clears throat> the storytelling, because I feel like this isn't quite right for, this kind of society like maybe it's mm. actually that like this guy who's writing this i think his name is keith decandido keith r.a decandido right maybe he himself is not particularly confident writing about women's periods so maybe <laughs> that, that's why but i well, i'm obviously overstaffing here i don't know anything about okay, him let's but. all right let's let's take this at face value for a second okay all right we have the old families and these are these, these are, I believe it was said that these are the first, the, the, the descendants of the first, uh, the, the, the first pioneers out into space, into other planets. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. So that's, that's what was said. So we have, we have these old families and they seem to have this kind of like delicate ritual about them that has to be adhered to at all costs, right? And meanwhile, and so here's the thing is that I don't think that these people are actually very involved with the war effort at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that there is a tremendous separation here where 
uh, the old families are kind of just living in their own little world here, right? Mm -hmm. They understand that there is a whole, they understand that the ghost Academy is firing, uh, uh, you know, students into the jungle with no tech to help them, but that's not like really their problem. Like, like birthday parties, you know, like that's, that's what they do. That's, yeah. that's their whole shtick. And so there's just this, like, delicacy. And I almost wonder if, like, they are being protected and sheltered or something, like, like, like kind of babied. Like, no, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to think about difficult things, like, like women's periods, you know, just, just have your, your Antiguan buffalo meat or whatever it was that, that, Oh, you know. right. Yeah, you're thinking it's more like a class distinction where... They don't have to think about this kind of stuff. Like I'm, I feel like there is some other entity that is like sheltering them or something. Yeah, like, I mean, we- I can see it because uh, you know, like even military families. I mean, especially in uh, the First World War in um, in the UK, a lot of the the ranks in the army were defined by you know who who's an officer. Well, well, they're like the upper class. You're you're mm-hmm. upper class if you're an officer officer and then all the squaddies were you know like people who were lower class because they were more expendable so maybe it's it's distributed like that maybe Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like there i I can i can really imagine this thing where there's this like real justification of the hierarchy system where that where like a lot of really really educated scientists top scientists people who have really you know spent their whole lives doing this have published some very serious well-researched uh uh, papers about the value of birthday parties for pari- providing morale for society as a whole during wartime, right? Yeah, and and they can and they can be like, well, you, we have to do this is our job, right? This is this is what we contribute to the war effort, you know, like yeah, this is how this is what we are doing to step up and be responsible, you know? Yeah, I mean, I remember um, in the Second World War here, they uh, said that it was really important that everyone do their bit. Um, and therefore, all of the iron railings that were like, you know, decorative on people's like gardens and like, you know, like around their houses and stuff like that, that were put up in like the Victorian era, they were all donated towards the war effort for making tanks. But the funny thing about that is that they had like way too much metal and they, they didn't ever use any of the iron that was donated to them so people just like ruined their houses and gardens and like all of this metal like was just like a ruse to make people feel like they were involved in the war in some way that's kind of what i feel like is going on here i feel like the old families think that like they're really you know involved and important and and you know again we talked about kind of like a shadow organization sort of like just messing with people for fun, basically, you know, to me, not out of the question is ghost Academy kind of like, you know, sheltering these families and like keeping their birthday party nonsense going like, yeah, maybe, maybe they're like, maybe it's like a magnet thing that they're like, you know, they're, they're feeding these, you know, children into the machine of the ghost system or something like that. You know, they're, they're priming them you know, and they need, and they need everyone in the old, they need every one of these old family members to be like tender and soft and unable to think for themselves and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, let me just, I'll, I'll double back here. Nova, Nova was becoming a woman. According to the girl's nurse, she had started what the nurse insisted on calling her monthly time as if Constantino wasn't familiar with the female anatomy and its functions. And she started to develop a woman's chest. 
Soon the, prepubescent disdain, <laughs> soon, the prepubescent disdain for the opposite sex would give way to hormonal imperatives, which means an endless array of unsuitable suitors for my little girl. <laughs> I like your voice there. <laughs> uh, in truth, Constantino was looking forward to it. Wait, he's looking forward Wait, to what? it. Wait, what? 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 Wait, let me read this. I'm going to read this paragraph. Let me read this paragraph and then we're going to, and then we'll uh, unpack it. In truth, Constantino was looking forward to it. There was nothing quite so satisfying as watching a young man trying desperately to impress one of the most powerful men in the Confederacy and failing miserably. That failure compounded by Constantino's holding him to an impossible standard. He'd already gone through it with Nova's older sister, Clara, now engaged to young Milo Cusinus, and was looking forward to it again with Nova. So Constantino is like... Enjoys uh, being a dick to these guys. Yes. Yeah. Harassing, harassing these, these young men, presumably. Um, Which, you know, again, you gotta do something to take your mind off the war with two aliens. Right. You know? You've gotta, like, amuse yourself by torturing young men who are interested <laughs> in dating your daughter. There's, like, this, there's, like, this hierarchy, this, like, social hierarchy of everyone, like, torturing the people below them for fun, you know? Like, yeah. that's really the world we have here. Um, okay. Now, Nova stood in the center of the domed space, be, that being the, uh, the, the penthouse where the party is being held. Nova stood in the center of the domed space, wearing a beautiful pink dress that had a ruffled neck, the white ruffles opening like a flower beneath her chin, a form-fitting top, and a huge hoop skirt that extended outward half a meter in all directions and came to the floor. Uh, this is a, yeah, it's very, like, kind of uh, old-timey debutante. Oh my god, it makes of. her sound like a bird that swallowed a plate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good visual. I like it. She she walked with such grace and ease that the skirts hiding in front of that the skirts hiding of her feet made it seem as if she were floating when she walked. Other girls achieved the same effect by attaching gliders to their shoes, unseen by the skirt's voluminous mass. But Nova, the darling girl, had always felt that to be cheating. And this now goes this now goes to our remember the clock. Right? Remember, Nova can't look at the clock because that's cheating. Oh, right. She, what is her deal? Like, she, yeah. I don't understand this. Like, she's making life harder for herself. I guess well, okay. maybe that's her family's way. I, I, I don't know. Her family's way is making life harder for other people. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's internalized a lot of her yeah, family she's politics. Turned... <laughs> <laughs> well, but, oh, no, but to be fair, she has been she's been fucking with her dad for a long time. Right? That is by, true, which is funny. By, by yeah. ruining his parties, right? Right. So, she ruins them. Uh, so she does she does ruin this for other people. But what's interesting is that like the you know, she uh uh so so in this case, she's at least she's at least has this this um uh kind of like virtuosity about about not cheating as a way of being superior to the other people around her. But when she's out in the jungle, not looking at her clock, there's nobody fucking out there. There's nobody looking at her and, and, and that she's doing it better than she's just on a death mission. 
I guess so, but like right now the image that we're being given is that she's basically dressed like a bird that swallowed a plate in a giant yes. puffy 16 candles something monstrosity of a pink dress with giant hoops around her waist and she's trying to morticia adams it around the room like mm. sounds like a really rough deal to me <laughs> like that sounds like a party that sucks if i were in that position i would definitely be doing things to stick it to other people to take my mind off of that oh definitely i well. would be spiking the punch uh, yeah. I'd be like, I, I don't know what else I, I would be doing, but I certainly would be trying to sabotage the playlist. Like it, it doesn't sound like a great time. There's just a real like chain of vindictiveness here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. uh, she wore very little makeup, simply enough to highlight her green eyes. Her smooth skin needed no cosmetic enhancements. And so far, the ravages of adolescence had not blemished her visage. <laughs> uh, so I guess, like, what I notice here is that everyone who has telepathic powers tends to turn up with green eyes. <laughs> I don't know why that wait, is in fiction. Is that a is that a thing? I have not. I have. I mean, it's that. always it. It's always you know because it's something that's going on that's intangible. I feel like authors tend to feel like they want to make someone have you know a bizarre color eye to reflect mm -hmm. the fact that they have these like you know kinetic powers of some sort um but yes anyway mm -hmm. i think that's that's worth noting is she's special because mm -hmm. she has green eyes what are the ravages of adolescence that he's talking about is he just mean acne yeah just acne okay just, yeah that's like the skin. That's what you got. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. The <laughs> ravages of adolescence. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's not that. That's not what I think of when I think of the terrible parts of adolescence. But sure. Um, what are you thinking normally, of? What am I thinking of? Being miserable around a host of people who I know nothing about and having to please people for no particular discernible reason oh i thought you meant like pubic hair okay carry on <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry sorry obviously that that's obviously number one i don't i just didn't think of to even say that because i was like well obviously that that's the worst that's the, worst that's the thing that's the thing that really i you know okay we're moving on uh her normally straight blonde hair had been curled for the occasion and piled atop her head elegantly. Constantino made a mental note to apologize to Rebecca. He had doubted the hairdresser's word when she said Nova would look marvelous with curls. He should have known better after all these years. After all, Rebecca had made even Bella look presentable on more than one occasion. And here we have another instance of Constantino, despite years of evidence ignoring something completely, which was the same as the birthday parties where Nova continued to ruin the birthday parties over and over. Constantino has, Constantino's hairdresser has been correct for years and he still is like, you just never know. He has like way more shade on his wife again here. Made even Bella look presentable on more than one occasion. Like he's like, oh, is Bella, four... his, is Bella his wife? I think oh, it so. is. She is. She is. Yeah, Bella's his wife. Okay. So he's like, even though yeah. you know, Man, my four of a wife. Could... Yeah, he like is, yeah, 
and not even look good, look presentable, you know? I mean, Ugh. so for me, like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I think it's because Con- Constantino sounds Italian, but I'm genuinely picturing, like, James Gal- Gandolfini. And, you know, like, mm. I'm looking at, like, the Sopranos situation here where I'm like, okay, it's Tony and Carmela. And, like, mm-hmm. he's just constantly, like, calling Carmela a hag, which, you know, he wouldn't have got away with in the tv show i don't think but basically i'm thinking it's like this kind of weird mafia family um so yeah like i feel bad for bella because i feel like bella probably has to put up with this asshole but i just can't take them seriously i just like it's like a tony it's like a like a version of the mafia where they think they're it's like the version of the sopranos where they think they're the mafia but they're actually just like you know running a laundry uh, store or something like that like like I, I can't I just can't get I there, we don't have anything yet to back up Constantino's reckless arrogance right and I right? wonder I wonder if this is leading to some kind of comeuppance for him yeah I'm mm. excited to see what's gonna happen Ooh, you think he is gonna like have to eat crow I mean here. It seems like the book is building up Nova to be someone who really comes through, which is obviously normal for like hero narrative. But I I think it might be interesting to see Constantino's reaction here, Um, Hmm. whether it's going to be like she does something that's going to, you know, make him eat crow or whether he is going to be ultimately very proud of her. Um, It's to be interesting to know. I think I think that's I, I like here's the thing is that I think that we are I think Constantino is being set up here as someone ultimately good hearted. Right. You know? Like and 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 inev- and eventually like Nova's gonna make him very proud. You know, but, like that's that's yeah. I feel like that's the trajectory we're on. I would I would like Constantino though to be like there would be a moment of like, oh, am I a jerk though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. It's it's not. I'm not optimistic about it. Uh, okay. Let's find out. Rebecca had made even Bella look presentable on more than one occasion. Wow. Fucking just. A dick. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. All around them, the party goers were partaking of the food on the tables. The servants ably refilling any plates that were in danger of emptying. The punch bowl remained three quarters full no matter how much of it was imbibed. And, it seemed, old Garth Duke was determined to imbibe most of it himself. <laughs> Good, old Garth Duke, back at it again. Uh, Constantino made a mental note to have Boris keep an eye on him in case he started undressing again. What? Does uh, he get his dick out at, like events like what is this guy doing garth, garth duke is at each of these birthday parties stripping down there he is like oh my god not 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 another one and they've got all the reporters here like all the uh you know the like uh the garth like celebrity duke, yeah, rag like- Pa- like absolutely paralytic getting his dick out again in front of all of the 14 year old girls <laughs> it really that's what it is it's like this this deb this deb ball type of thing 
And Garth Duke, yeah, has just uh, keeps getting invited back no matter how many times he uh, he flashes ham at, uh, <laughs> right, right on the dance floor. Oh, know? yeah, and I forgot that, you know, uh, Mr. Handy Anderson had sent a representative to cover this kind of event. So Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Very embarrassing. Here. There's people with cameras, you know. Right. But, that's, but that's what Garth Duke sees the opportunity, right? right. He's like, this is my moment. This it's is- my time to shine. It's Garth Duke in the house. <laughs> oh, he no. doesn't, he probably has very little going on, you know. For like he he can't have much going on if this is where he gets his rocks, right? I yeah, right. Because he you have would to be immediately he would be immediately escorted out at this kind of well, event. That's the thing is that is that Constantino made a mental note to have Boris keep an eye on him in case he started undressing again. There's precedence for this, and he keeps getting invited back. So he's like well, in he the mu- he's yeah. in the family, right? He, yeah, he, he is must in be. he is like. In capital I in the family. Yeah, because you would stop inviting him, so he would ha- he has to have some kind He's of. He's inviting him the minute the minute that Dick was even remotely in the picture. You're never coming back to another 15 year old girl's birthday party right. again, right? So he like, has to like, be. Like, oh, we have an issue with this, but hey, Nova's turning 15. Garth, you know we'd love to have you there. Doesn't Nova's just like, oh my god, my dad's <laughs> planning a surprise birthday party again. And Nova's he, telepathic. No, no, this is how. No, no, no. Remember we remember we talked about how is Nova ruining these? She's like, no, like, like it's just you know normal Tuesday, and Nova comes up to her dad. And she's like, Dad, you cannot keep fucking inviting Garth Duke. <laughs> Garth Duke, god, you can't do it. He's Disney like, how did you know, Garth Duke? <laughs> That's that's what tips her off. Like otherwise she would be otherwise she would just roll with it. She would have just like, you know, continued with the surprise party. But but Yeah, this she, is the thing that tips her over the This edge. this like is that. the thing where she's like, I can't let my dad keep doing this. I can't let him continue <laughs> to think that this is okay. God. Oh no. And and it's happening now again because He's saying, it seemed old Garth Duke was determined to imbibe most of it himself. It is literally happening now. No surprises, right? Like, he hasn't changed. He hasn't reformed. We're just, the the best we can do is assign someone to watch him for any sign of downstairs action. <laughs> You're right. Like, that's, well, that's the best we can hope for. Yeah, and, and I again, mean... It, it's in the same spirit as the, like, we will hold birthday parties uh, as long as it takes to keep our minds off of alien warfare. Right. I guess this guy is probably invited out of a sense of obligation and out of a sense of, like, well, this is just, like, what we do. And, like, every time we have a party, this guy gets his dick out and it's just the way things work, right? And you're just like, okay. <laughs> I think, okay. No, hear me out, right? These people live sheltered lives, obviously. Uh, you need something to... You need you need some friction in your life to stay sort of motivated by. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, like everyone needs a everyone needs an obstacle. Everyone needs a boulder that they push up the hill, and and it splits and falls back down, and they have to keep pushing it. Right? We right. all have that Sisyphus in us that even though we we 
we feel like that the kind of antagonism is uncomfortable and not enjoyable. We want it. We want it deep down and we, we create situations for ourselves that engender and, and perpetuate it. Yeah, I mean, like it's like that theory uh, around uh, the Red Dwarf series where, you know, they think that L- Lister will go crazy uh, if he is uh, in eternity with someone he likes. So they basically invent, you know, a reincarnation of someone he absolutely hates in order to keep him sane. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really interesting as a concept because, you know, that's interesting that people need friction to be able to, like, stay, you mm-hmm. know, at a normal level, which, or, yeah. Or a memento kind of thing, you know? Like, he has to, you know, keep inventing puzzles for himself to solve, right? Inevit- like, you know, just forever and ever. And, and uh, yeah, hey, like, if that's going to be Garth Duke, and if the worst we have is, like, you know, he drops trow and and uh, and gets a little hard. You and know, does a windmill. If that's <laughs> if that's our boulder that we're pushing up the hill, it right. could be a lot worse. It could be right? worse. Yeah, it could, be, it could worse. be worse. It could be worse, and that's probably again, again, two a a war with two aliens species more with two different alien species that's the that's like the context here and they're like yo we could have it a lot harder than garth duke and his (laughs) childlike nonsense here right oh man i'm just imagining like like if garth duke worked for handy anderson you know (laughs) and and was like trying to pull this shit at work or something like god handy anderson would 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 demolish this guy yeah he would you know he would I mean? get excoriated like he, he would does, he does not know how good he has it here in this family where he can keep getting away with this exactly like handy anderson would write at least six hit pieces on that guy so. oh my god yeah. handy anderson would be like you'll never even see pants in this town again uh, <laughs> if i you know after i've after i've uh uh had my way okay Seemed old Garth Duke was determined to imbibe most of it. Uh, Constantino made a mental note to have Boris keep an eye on him in case he started undressing again. And by the way, Boris here has a whole thing where he's like, oh my God, why this again? Just have him thrown out. But no, it's Boris's job as always. Yeah. Um, And the empty glasses and plates were whisked away. As ever, Constantino had the most efficient servants. If he ever had an inefficient one, he didn't have one for long. There were those who expressed confusion at his employing of human servants, most of whom were members of the younger, newer rich, the so-called bootstrappers who had made their fortune during the boom a decade earlier. Robots, they pointed out, were more efficient, and you only had to pay for them once. Constantino generally just smiled and said he was old-fashioned, but the truth was he owned servo servants, the largest robotics company in Confederate space, and he knew that you paid for them a lot more than once. Planned obsolescence and sufficiently inefficient mechanisms that required regular repairs were what kept SS in business. Um, hmm. I guess he owns a robotics company. That's evil? I, okay. Yeah. 
own, owns like what what I what I like is what I what I find interesting about this is that he he is more interested in circumventing his own shitty system than improving his shitty system. Well, I mean, he's making money from the planned obsolescence, right? So basically what he's saying to other people is he wouldn't even use his own robots at his party. So I guess that's... uh... (laughs) It is, yeah, right. Can you imagine if like... If like Steve Jobs showed up at a party with a Zoom, you know, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, that's basically I'm what just he's doing." Kind of old fashioned, you know. What can I say? I just like to experiment, you know. Uh, it wouldn't really like speak <laughs> volumes to your confidence in the the quality of the product. Right. Yeah, like Steve Jobs turns up and it's like, lol, isn't this cute? Like my Zune, it's like Look adorable. At this, you guys, Look at this cute oh my thing. god. It connects right to my Microsoft account. That's so <laughs> convenient. <laughs> You're just like, I don't understand. Um <laughs> But yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I, I I guess I can I guess I can see it, but you're right that it's like a terrible optics. Yeah. It's a it's, but... a, it's a really terrible optics, you yeah. know, kind of situation. Um but, but again, as we've seen, Constantino needs to continue to invent these artificial obstacles for himself in order to uh, sort of stay, you know, mentally above water. Well, I speaking guess. of creating artificial obstacles, the mm-hmm. uh, Servo Servants, the company name of the robotics company, uh, its uh, acronym is SS. So I was going to say that. I, I, I was going to, I was, I was sort of about to say that. And, you like, know. what the hell? Like, you know, you can make this argument like, oh, we're in fantasy earth or whatever fantasy planet we're on right now. But, Okay. All right, Constantino. You're not you're not winning points in the like everyone thinks you're a great guy uh, <laughs> right. game right now. So, all right, Constantino. Sure, if you say so. Uh, <laughs> besides, he preferred to keep people employed. The more he employed, the fewer were infesting the bowels of the gutter. Constantino, you own a robotic servants company. You can't take that moral high ground. It yeah. doesn't work like that. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you can be like, you can be like, this makes me money and I'm an evil guy, but you can't be like, this makes me money and it's bad for consumers, but I care about people. Yeah. No, Constantino suck. You can't do that. Preach, Davey. You tell him, you tell Constantino. I have some words for this man, and <laughs> I want to see him in my office tomorrow morning. No, that I don't know. I was I was with because we were doing the whole thing about like, all right, he's not, you know, he double standards, but like he's making money off of it or whatever. Un- unless, okay, unless, unless keeping the the people in the bowels of the gutter is less of like a human service, like a human interest service that he's doing and more maybe like the gutter is what he calls his front yard or something, you know, like, like when, like he doesn't, like he just has this like upper class disdain for, for anyone who comes near his property who looks poor 
or something. So he just gives them a job. He's like, all right, you're my servant now. Get off my fucking lawn. Right. I mean, still not totally endearing, but I'll take it. it it's consistent, at least, is what right. I'm saying. Okay. Right? And even then, again, he owns a robotic servant's company. Right? So, I don't know. Just, Constantino, just get your evil priorities sort of in line with one another is kind of my thing here. <laughs> right. Uh, Nova glided over to him. Daddy, you're always going on about how wonderful the servants are, but you never let them partake. I beg your pardon? Naturally, if he was thinking about the servants, Nova would know that, even if only subconsciously. They're people too, Daddy, and they work so hard. Don't you think they deserve some of this fantastic Antiguan buffalo meat a lot more than, say, him? She pointed over at Garth Duke, who had apparently decided that the punch bowl was a wading pool and was taking off his boots. Yes! Constantino looked around, but Boris was already making a beeline before Garth could make a scene. Or rather, more of one. I... Did not think we were going to get more Garth Duke. I am very, very excited. I'm glad. I mean, and one of the things I'm trying to imagine is like what Garth Duke, I mean, Garth Duke, he's planning on swimming in this punch bowl, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm imagining the punch bowl is like, you know, it's definitely jacuzzi size, let's say, right? (laughs) And what's he going to do? Like, get, take his, like, drop his trousers, get in Mm -hmm. there and like, I don't know, like, you know marinade in there for a while like mm-hmm. is everyone you know i don't imagine anyone would want to drink that after he had been in it so. certainly not certainly yeah. not but but yeah. garth duke is not interested in the public good he is no. he is interested in his own very particular set of set of needs and i love that and i love that nova is like again this goes back to exactly what what we said before she knows this guy's a problem right like she is fully aware of like how much shit he causes at these things and and always every time we does one every time we do one of these right so like Garth Duke shows up at the party and she's like oh my god why does he get to have the Antiguan buffalo meat and the servants don't right well i mean i mean it's interesting as well because you know she's of this upbringing but she's like well you know you don't think that the servants would enjoy the Antiguan buffalo meat and i'm like lady she they probably don't know what the fuck that is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like hard to, hard for me to imagine them being like, yeah, let us at that like buffalo meat. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sure it would be better than whatever they get in the quote unquote gutter. I'm sure mm-hmm. that would be. Yeah, it's got to be. I, however much of an acquired taste it probably is. Um, <clears throat> so Nova asked, uh, don't you think they deserve some of this fantastic Antigua buffalo meat a lot more than say him? Well, turning back to look at his daughter, he found himself unable to resist her pleading green eyes. It wasn't the first time she had begged an indulgence for the servants, and she usually got what she asked for, a weakness of her father's that she hadn't taken advantage of nearly as much as she might have, or hadn't taken nearly as much advantage of as she might have. Eleftheria, who is uh, Constantino's jig, uh, his side piece hot one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the one the one that it doesn't radically disgust him to even look in the face of right but who i suspect might be a zergling 
Oh, that's right. I thought you were going to say it might be a robot, which was a whole interesting thing there. Because he does oh, yeah. own because he does own the robotics, the robotic servant thing. Right. And and you got to wonder how like humanoid are those things? Yeah. Right. There's because there's if you're if you're if you if you can invent robots that are like functional and and and, um, you know, like competent as servants, there's obviously uh like a sexual market here right for, for, these, sure. for these things yeah right like there there has to be yeah um so pos you know eleftheria human zergling robot we don't that's know. we don't know eleftheria said once that her telepathy probably allowed her to think of the servants as people rather than servants since they had thoughts just like everyone else brilliant nova <laughs> herself didn't know this of course she simply imagined herself to be a very perceptive young woman. Uh, that's actually, that, that's a funny sentence because I think what it's referring to there is when it says Nova didn't know this, she didn't know that she had telepathic powers. Ah. R- right? Okay. What, what, I actually thought, what I actually thought was that it was saying was that she didn't know that the servants were people. That's, that's, right. That's, yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. She's just she's just sort of naive and innocent and you know, wide-eyed or you know, something like that. And everyone, yeah. you know, sort of pats her on the head and is like, oh Nova, that's so cute. Jeez. They're not people. <laughs> uh but so wait, Nova doesn't know that she is a telepath at this point. That's really weird though, because she must know that other people don't don't have this is, like she, i haven't even thought about that like is that a is that realistic to to expect someone to know that you know it's the kind of thing where people like don't know they're allergic to foods yeah maybe i mean for, maybe. for years even though they other people seem to eat a food and don't hate it or something well i mean i didn't know that i was a genius until i was at least 16 mm. so i mean what, what sort of like tipped you off uh, it was just, you know, everyone just being, you know, a complete thicko around me. You know, I just felt like I felt alienated by their lack And you hadn't of... noticed that sooner? Like, I yeah. would think that would be obvious. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm trying to think of like ways in which she might tip other people off but I, I think that maybe part part of it might be that people just assume she's a bit of a dick. And so mm. maybe she, she's used to getting a particular type of reaction that she's normalized now. And therefore mm-hmm. she doesn't think it's unusual. I don't know. Yeah, because it says she simply imagined herself to be a very perceptive young woman, which is an incredible way of explaining the literal foreknowledge of a surprise birthday party. Yeah. Right. And maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't I know. Mean, there might They're be like, a situation. I, yeah. Well, maybe. You know, you know when if there's like people around you that don't have a particular language for something, then you just start to think, oh, it's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know like a lot of friends who you know got diagnosed with ADHD, for example, and they just mm-hmm. thought it was just how brains work, but they didn't. Yeah. You know that you don't really know until you actually mm-hmm. inquire as to like is this ADHD? Because like sometimes you would actually know that there's a label for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. And, and you know what, here, let me, let me throw a new lens on this. Let me throw a new kind of like 
shade into this whole sort of right. uh, scenario here. Nova doesn't, Nova isn't aware of these telepathic things yet. She's, she's seeing things that other people can't. She is the only one who knows who Garth Duke really is deep down. Everyone else is sort of like, is, is letting the blinders fall over their eyes. And Nova, because of her telepathic powers is able to say, Garth Duke is going to undress again at another party. And no, because because nobody else has telepathic powers, how could they know that Garth Duke is going to undress at the next party? We can't see the future. We can't read people's minds. There is no possible way to know that. But but Nova alone sees it, and she doesn't even know that she sees it. Yeah, although I imagine if he had undressed at every other party, he would reasonably but, but, expect. But Kara, you, nobody knows the future, right? <laughs> Nobody, nobody can truly say except for Nova, except for Nova. Right. Because she goes into his mind and she goes, oh, my God, the only thing he's thought about since the last one of these parties is when the next party will be held that I can get a little angle in my dangle with some windmill. Right. (laughs) And that doing a a windmill in the punch bowl, his ultimate motorboating himself around the, the punch bowl. ultimate in 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 his like his whole life is just that's that's his purpose that's his that's, one thing that's his one thing and and again i think that we now have to have some more compassion for these people who aren't literal mind readers to, to know that that's his shtick yeah they don't know what's coming they're 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 How blissfully they unaware they, they're not mind readers they're not telepaths <laughs> um oh. all right all right it's filling out it's filling out the the scene a little bit more um uh he reached constantino reached across to cup her cheek in his hand my darling girl you know i can deny you nothing he turned around and activated the mic built into the top button of his suit jacket. Amplifiers placed discreetly throughout the room carried his voice over the party-going din. May I have everyone's attention, please? As the room started to slowly quiet down, he grabbed two glasses of wine off the tray of a passing servant and handed one to his daughter. Today is the 15th birthday of my beautiful daughter, November Annabella Terra. She is the last of our children to reach that age, and indeed, the last of our children. He tipped his glass toward where Bella stood, her arm in that of her jig. Her her side piece is at the party, hanging out. Nice, nice, good going, Bella. You've got the situation handled. (laughs) And she was almost... And she was kind enough to return the gesture and provide an almost genuine smile. But wow, <clears throat> yeah, okay. wow, rude. yeah, very rude. It is, it is her own daughter that is being toasted here. But being younger than her sister Clara and her brother Zebediah does not make her inferior or any less loved. Why would you say that? Why, Why would you even say that? Oh we don't. Why would that even come out of your mouth? Holy shit, you dirtbag of a human. What? You don't say that. Nova, 
I don't despise, I don't think of you as a child that I actually truly love less than your siblings because I have had more time with them and therefore cherish them more as human beings. Don't even let yourself think of that. What <laughs> nonsense. He's making it sound a bit like he's just like freaking annoyed at the sight of her. <laughs> right. Right, right. Well, maybe he is after all of the, you know, after every, she's, she's over here like, daddy, daddy, give food to the servants. And he's like, oh my God, they're not people, but fine, fine. <laughs> so this is, so this is what he's like. All right, I'll give food to your servants, but I'm definitely going to call you out for being my least favorite child. <laughs> as, yeah, I as mean, like, it. he's just like, she's always whining about human rights in my ear. They're people, they're not robots. You can't treat them like they are robots, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 on and on and on. She goes about the the rights of humans. And, and, and I think she knows this. I think she's like, all right, fine. I'm going to have my dad basically be a little shit to me during my toast at my 15th birthday party but that's what i have to do that's the martyrdom that i'm doing for the servants to get to have the antiguan buffalo meat i know how the song and dance goes <laughs> uh <clears throat> but being younger than her sister clara or her brother zebediah does not make her inferior or any less loved indeed the day she was born was one of the four happiest days of one my of life. the four happiest days <laughs> <laughs> God, this guy is killing me. He's like the <laughs> worst speech maker I've ever heard of. Like, what the hell? I've lived a tremendously blessed life. There are uh, a handful of things, actually, that I uh, liked as much or more than my own daughter being born. Uh, I gotta there say. There was the, time, uh, the last time the Duke got his wang out in the fucking punch <laughs> bowl. Like, that was a great time. But one of the four greatest, happiest days of my life. He doesn't know how to just, like, isolate a scenario and talk about it. No. Everything has to be in the context of all experiences that I've ever had, right? <sighs> yeah. Um, like, like, you know, Im like, Im you know, imagine, like, he's, like, you know, his, his daughter is, like, you know, she's off to school or something, and she's, like, I love you, Daddy, and he's, like, I love you, and I also love your siblings, too, as much as I love you, and I love the uh, person who I'm currently uh, seeing, who is a tremendous, uh, meaningful part of my life, and I really love, like, a lot of great movies, and there's some music <laughs> that I really love, and, uh, you know, I love Ferris wheels, right? Like, I love Ferris wheels. Really, really into those. Bye, sweetheart. Have a good day at school. Like, that's the <laughs> kind of thing that you can imagine this guy saying because he can't just like talk about a thing right just like yeah just ruining this moment completely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um indeed the day she was born was one of the four happiest days of my life the other three being when her siblings were born and of course, when Continental went out of business, granting me a monopoly on holocams. That's oh literally my God. We, just literally we just that's exactly what we were just saying. Just like absolutely ruining his own event. Like not just... even like he couldn't even have just said it was it was one of the happiest days of my life or, you know, like he could have even just put it in with the with the other siblings, which would have been rude in and of itself. Right. It's like a it's like a insult within an insult here. This you is know? Like definitely got a Starship Troopers vibe because mm -hmm. I'm seeing the satirical creep in here so much more. 
in this little Mm -hmm. speech. I definitely think there is like a vibe of like, this is supposed to be like very satirical take on a military society, which I'm really appreciating. We just don't even, we we have no connection to Constantino's military anything. Yeah. Like all we've seen is him inventing horrible scenarios for himself. Right. Right. To to kind of like uh, just gristle in the awful machine of his internal self-loathing. Yeah. Right. Like that's all I see here is a man consuming himself because he has nothing else to feed on, you know? Um, Oh no, wait. So like reading, reading into the next paragraph though, mm Well, let's let's continue then. Yeah. Ripples of ripples of laughter at the admittedly mediocre joke spread throughout the room. Nova just glared at her father, apparently not appreciating the humor. Or maybe she just didn't like it when Constantino used her full name. Which so, like, is November yeah. Annabella Terra. Yeah, November. Yeah. Bit of a mm-hmm. weird name. Good. But so it is, he's meant to be like trying to make a joke, but then it's like, so that's just turned around again. So like the tone that he was using is essentially uh, self-aggrandizing. So he's basically using this event as a way to big himself up, right? So mm-hmm. he's he's just like making an exaggerated joke where mm-hmm. he's taking all of the spotlight away from his daughter, which kind mm-hmm. of sucks. Which is this like, you know rich, old, powerful, upper-class, military family version of a dad joke. Right. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's again, like, it's doing this thing, which is not cool to do, but that, I guess, um, yeah, like, he's seeing this as his platform for Mm -hmm. whatever he Mm -hmm. wants to do, right? It, it is. It's his thing. Well, but that's the impression you get is that this is like he's very invested in all of these birthday parties and in throwing all of the stuff and in do you know he's like this is his this is his shtick you know and he's very like defensive of it and protective of it, right? Yeah. And uh, and yeah and again to me it reinforces the idea that that as soon as Nova implies that she has autonomy in deciding how the birthday party is going to go, like Daddy, let's have the servants have something here. He's like. Uh, yeah, you think that you you think that's gonna fly at constant motherfucking uh, Tino's birthday party? You you think that's you think that's how it's gonna go? Nah, here's how it's gonna be. And then he just you know goes into his whole like steamrolling his own children kind of right. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like seeing as usurping his power basically. Yes, yes, yes. He has no other enemies, and so therefore his children are the enemies. Right. <laughs> In the um, absence of a zergling, he's like, well, you mm-hmm. know, I can just ruin everyone else's lives. <laughs> Maybe children are the real zerglings. Maybe they are. Uh, in any case, because that day made me so happy, it pleases more than I can say that all you good people are here today to celebrate that day's anniversary. So I ask that you all raise your glasses and wish my darling Nova a happy birthday. Everyone in the room did so, and the words were spoken raggedly throughout. Nova smiled, and her cheeks flushed, because she has really been complimented greatly during this (laughs) speech. After everybody had drunk, Nova looked at Constantino and said, Daddy, of course, my dear, 
And now I'd like to ask everyone to please step back from the table and drink to to please step back from the food and drink tables for a time. My household servants have worked hard for weeks to get this party ready and have worked even harder to keep things running smoothly now that it's begun. So as a reward and to show my great appreciation, I invite all the servants to come forward and partake of this magnificent spread. Several chuckles spread throughout and a smattering of applause. Constantino noticed that most of the patrons were less amused. In particular, Bella looked like someone had poisoned her drink, and many of the patrons looked unhappy at having to move aside for servants. Uh, yeah, really, really in the, like, sort of, uh, you know, satirical upper-class awfulness. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is funny that, like, I mean, like, I've I've worked in back of house before, and they they give us the food, but they give it to you, like, in the back of house. Like, they don't... You don't go and sit down at the wedding party table and eat their food. They just make more of the food and they put it in the back. Yeah. And also, like, if I were a servant at this party, I don't know if I want my employers seeing me partake because it, yeah, like, it might seem like later you would get some kind of reprimand for doing it. Yeah. Oh, and here's and here's the other part of it too is that it's it's the it's the like it's like so obviously all the other party members here don't like this idea of servants getting to to eat. He's basically like he's basically saying like like all right, all right, the lions are gonna back off from the carcass right now, and I want I want I want the 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 little I want the little dogs to come in you know and have their turn too like lions you just you stay right over here like he's yeah. putting them in view of the people who literally want to destroy them basically right well, I mean yeah and it's also like you know it's very showy it's a very showy way of doing it like if he really cared for those people maybe he would just like again like have a different room where they get to like sit down have a sit down meal without like why everyone. would you want to do that at in yeah. the room where the other that's like so much worse it's so much worse yeah. to be like you have to i am going to take it away from the people who hate you and give it to you in front of them i'm going to feed you their food and make them watch you do it i wouldn't go anywhere near that table if i was one of those servants yeah right like i wouldn't even i wouldn't even approach it be like no no no. actually whatever you know gruel i normally eat in my you know uh underwhelming lower class lifestyle like i'll take that please rather than having to rather than going and eating again Antiguan buffalo meat, some probably weird specialty that nobody actually thinks is really good, but it's just like, you know, something you put on for show or whatever. Like, it's not worth being in that situation for me. Yeah, for sure. Right? Uh, so again, it's again, Nova's like, Daddy, let the servants eat. And he's like, all right, I'll let them eat, but I'm gonna... I'm going to visibly take something away from people who hate them and give it to them in front of said people who hate them. You like that now, Nova? Um, But actually, here we go. Nova, however, beamed at him with a radiant smile. Turning around, he saw Eleftheria was favoring him with a similar smile. Those were the only two reactions Constantino cared about. So Uh, we know now that Eleftheria has a mouth. 
<laughs> how does that that's what, how does that's yeah. what we're getting from this i want to know more about her and she has a mouth so that's what and i'm taking mouth. away yeah, yeah. And this mouth yeah yeah let's yeah good uh all right a moment later zeb came sidling zeb came sidling up to his father dad did you have to use my full name nova rolled her eyes don't be such a baby zeb oh that's funny I suppose you liked him calling you November, huh, little sister? I'm 15 years old, and I'm taller than you. Constantino chuckled again. He's got you there, son. Wait. He's... Why do you say he? Nova was already taller than both her siblings, and almost as tall as her father, and yet he doubted, and he doubted she was done growing yet. Do you say he? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. That must be a typo. It must be she's got you there as opposed to It must to be. Us. Yeah. Or let's spend an hour digging into the implications into of this. Into the implications <laughs> of the gender. <laughs> yeah. It could again, we have we have we have a lot of precedent that Constantino fucks with his kids for fun. For sure. So yeah. Um Zeb shrugged it off. That's just the clothes. You keep telling yourself that, big brother. Mr. Terra! Constantino whirled around to see Leah Emmanuel. Constantino himself was the president of every one of Terra's business ventures. Okay, now we actually know a little bit about, like, more about what he does, apparently. Okay. With, with the individual day-to-day left to assorted vice presidents. Leah was the vice president in charge of the vice presidents as it were, and Constantino counted her as his right hand in all matters related to his many and varied businesses. She was dressed in the same suit she always wore. Leah had twelve identical suits and wore a different one each day, laundered them when the time laundered them when time permitted or when twelve days passed, whichever came first. Constantino doubted she owned any other clothes, which was a pity as she was the only one in the room in business attire. Everyone else was wearing a much more celebratory band of for- brand of formal wear. Moving away from the sibling argument, which would probably keep going for at least another five to ten minutes, Constantino approached his vice president. Leah, haven't seen you all night. Where have you... Sir, I'm sorry, we need to talk. Leah stared at him intently with her piercing brown eyes. Her curly brown hair was tied sloppily atop her head, uh, as if she just wanted to get as if she just wanted to get it out of her way as quickly as possible. In private. Constantino sighed. Why didn't you simply call me? Leah's stare intensified into a glare. Because you turned your phone off and left it in your bedroom, sir. And here's a little side thing that our listeners can't quite tell is that phone is spelled F-O-N-E as like a, uh, you know, cool fantasy sci-fi alternate piece of technology that resembles (laughs) phones that you people at home know and understand, but is actually a completely different thing. Actually, totally different. Uh, I got to say, actually... uh, Constantino says she's dressed in the same suit that she always wore, but she has 12 suits. That's, again, another sort of weird way of phrasing that. 
right? She was dressed in the same suit, but yeah, but she was dressed in one of the same suits. I don't know. One of the same. I don't, yeah. I'm reading too much into these like tiny little pieces of of phraseology, you know. Well, I um, feel like this. I don't know if this strictly actually is omniscient knowledge from his part because maybe he's just making a projection. Like he assumes she always wears the suit and she has these 12 suits, but like he's like projecting onto her that she never wears anything else. But like, that might not be the case. He's not always in her private quarters. I would assume that he's not. So like, how does he know? I mean, does he tell, does she tell him these intimate details of her life that she literally doesn't have anything else? Like maybe it's just a snarky, thing on his behalf where he's just like well she's at this party in a business suit she obviously doesn't own any other attire i don't know mm-hmm. i just feel like mm-hmm. it's an assumption he's making not an actual thing yeah right well I, you know again constantino does not seem to have the greatest regard for the actual needs and thoughts of other human beings right exactly um, despite despite his his constant claiming that he does and and constantly throughout this whole thing we have him claiming uh to be good a good person in ways that he is absolutely demonstrably not a good person and uh and it's really really quite damning of him so i think at this point we have more than enough to say that he is he is he could be completely projecting all of that for sure um uh so leah leah calls constantino over and says i need to talk with you in private and uh oh and then uh and then I'll, I'll 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 say this. Imagine that Constantino said dryly, "You'd think I was throwing a party that I didn't want interrupted by business, uh, because this is literally like his business and what he does, and uh, and a whole major part of his life." So sure, yeah. Um, you know what I think is that this seems like a good place to uh, bookmark it because that will give us a next episode to jump into this very urgent and important information that Leah is going to bring to Constantino to talk about. What do you think it would be? Like, uh, your zergling mistress has exploded? I don't know what it could be. <laughs> hmm. This is his vice president. This vice is his president. vice president of vice president. Someone attacked their facility or something. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, well, that's that's probably what it is. Yeah. What I what I want it to be. What do I want it to be? What I want it to be is like his robot yeah. servants have like you know have risen up and like formed a kind of like formed a union. Yes. His <laughs> robots robot have union. unionized. <laughs> Against him. That would yeah. be really funny and good if that had happened, but I I have a sense that it probably isn't that. I have a some something is telling me that probably isn't what happened here. What do you what do you think? If you think it's you think it's probably that like the the company got attacked or something. I do think it's going to be like some of their facility has been infested with zerglings or something. So. Mm-hmm. That's it, really. Yeah. yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, I think it would be cool if they really segued it directly into like a star, uh, like a, a specific StarCraft RTS, you know, type of situation. Yeah, but probably, probably not that. Probably something a little bit more high level than that. Well, if it's um, a ghost involved, then obviously it's going to be like it's got to have some kind of intel related he, mission, right? So here, here's my question: Is like this the book so far has gone like pretty deep into the like lore and backstory of these families and the the social structure and class and everything around it like and 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 you know the starcraft ghost video game was like a shoot the shoot the aliens dead kind of thing right yeah like like are they going is this is the book going to like bring this like class warfare kind of context into nova killing alien dudes and looking cool while doing it like is that going to be a a meaningful part of this like because because we know that we know that she thinks back to her 15th birthday later on in the thing and has this like you know emotional moment over it uh like that's i think what's what's interesting because there's so much in here and uh and and i'm i'm enjoying i'm i'm uh you know i'm enjoying digging into it and I just, I want it to like, I don't want it to just fade away. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that would be a loss. Yeah, for sure. It would, um, it would be a shame if it just like got away from this like weird class system and got towards like, you know, like I was saying in previous episodes, like the John Wick, like the traditional, you know, mm-hmm dog dies revenge mission but john wick but john wick has a crazy amount of world building you know yeah what I mean? for sure yeah yeah i mean it doesn't that's, mean that you can't have that's part of why that's a good you know movie franchise is because of all of the 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 lore that they build around the action yeah that's true actually now that you mentioned it it's just a ridiculous amount of lore like the gold yeah. token they use as yeah, a yeah, yeah like what uh, the hell is yeah. that but that's what it's that's what I want. I want this to just be all I'm asking is for Starcraft Ghost Nova to be the John Wick of video game novelizations. Is that <laughs> really so much to ask for? I mean, I think the answer probably is yes, that is too much to ask for. Yeah, well, it's obviously too much to ask for. I'm that's duh, that's too much to ask for. It's one hundred percent not going to happen. There is zero chance that it's going to happen, but that's the hope. And you know what? The slower we read this book, the longer amount of time it will take before I am inevitably disappointed. <laughs> yeah let's like really spin it out we never have to really deeply look at that, that way we will <laughs> and, re- and understand how much time we have wasted on this we can continue to to hold this golden hope this this nugget of beauty that could be the starcraft ghost nova that we want it to be and inevitably is not one one which with one in which Constantino's reckoning of uh, of the isolation of the uh, obsolescence of his own robots uh, comes back to bite him in some hilarious and ironic way. Yeah, I mean, I'm just holding out to figure out what body parts Eleftheria has. Yeah, what next? Give me all right. Give me your guess. Next body part that we that uh, what what new body part is going to drop? Uh, so I would like for her to have tentacles, mm. but she might just have fingers. So I think that's what's going to drop next is the fingers. I was going to say hands. I mean, like fingers, 
I don't know if we're in the same sort of thing, yeah. here, but I was going to say hands. Like to me, hands are going to, she's going to pick something up. She's going to touch someone, you know, like something like that. For sure. Uh, dark, dark, dark horse, dark horse guess here. Hair. Hair. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's what it is, but I'm just going to put that out as like a, you know, waiting in the wings kind of thing. For sure. Um, um, Hoping Handy Anderson will turn up in the next episode. We can we can continue to hope uh, every episode, and uh, I, and if you at home um, want to write us an email as you wait to find out whether or not Handy Anderson shows up in, in the next episode of the Inspirational Quarterly, you can send an email to the Inspirational Quarterly at gmail.com. We uh, do not have a mailbag section segment of this podcast. There is no mailbag section so uh understand that when you uh send us an email um and uh and carol we will we'll be back again to do to do this again um and uh and i think it's it's appropriate uh to end uh this episode as we end as we have now apparently end every episode which is uh with a william butler yates quote delivered by handy anderson and uh and i'm you know uh okay all right i i have i have some some yates quotes here which i'm i'm sort of trying to tie into what we've what we've read and here's one that i think i feel good about as a uh as as a as a little capstone on today's reading all right here we go this is this is by william butler yates that's my Handy Anderson voice. It's me, Handy Anderson. All right. <laughs> it's just Mickey Mouse. It's just Mickey Mouse. It's just Mickey Mouse. Let's be honest. It's just Mickey Mouse. All right. Come away, oh human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in hand, for the world's more full of weeping than you can understand. And yeah. I like that one. I, I thought, I, to me, that's like Constantino look Has like. Has sent an lo- email to Handy Anderson. <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say constantino is saying this to his own daughter yeah uh come away oh human child for the world's more full of weeping than you can understand constantino has seen into the heart of misery and and then fired his daughter into it he's (laughs) (laughs) but if we know if we know the trajectory is nova getting fired out of a out of a a a a compostable uh uh pod into a jungle where she doesn't have stealth tech you can really see the line where like constantino is getting more and more pissed at nova for her like continuing to needle him with all of her like stupid little childish needs and he's like Yo, someday I'm gonna fire this this kid into the fucking jungle. Some someday, <laughs> so help me, so help me God, so help me God. Uh, well, you know, many wisdoms come from Handy Anderson, uh, as the uh, saying, as the other, as the other William Butler Yeats quote goes. Many, <laughs> many, many forms of wisdom come from Handy Anderson. It's true. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening or whatever. yeah thanks thanks yeah you can listen again if you like if you want whatever we don't mind i don't really care one way or the other so whatever you you do you okay okay